Presents Pre-Birth Episode 6 bum, bum, bum. We're back <laughs> We didn't go anywhere No, but it's been a while since we recorded But then again, but it's, we're pretty much on track For when we projected we would record next <laughs> We did say February yeah, That's good then Yeah It's always yeah. always good to keep a, prom- a timely If not super prompt Or at least a reliable schedule Let's leave it at that We kind of knew with everything that was, It would be a while before we got back to uh, the Spectre, even though it wasn't because of, surprisingly enough, it wasn't because the material wasn't one we want. It's something good. It's just we just knew it'd be hard to be able to fit in some recording time. But we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We 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 gotta give the people what they want. That's right. And they'll want <laughs> and they'll want this episode because this is, as you've mentioned before, this if this isn't the best issue in the Spectre series, it's certainly like in the top two. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's hauntingly good. Yes, Spectre. very very good. Yeah. Okay. So. uh... I, it's it's worth noting that this, uh, like the rest, are written by J.M. DeMatteis. Guest penciler, Craig Hamilton. Guest inker, Jim Royal. And James Sinclair as the colorist. I don't know if he's a guest colorist or not. I don't remember off the top of my head because I don't have any of the other... Wait, hold on, I can tell you one second. I was I, I lied. I was going to say I don't have any of the other issues floating around, but I do because they were bagged together. So let's take... I have issue two. Uh, no, Jim... Sinclair was the colorist. Okay. So looking at looking at the creative team, Wacker, Oakley, Sinclair, and Raspler were consistent. So basically, the only the main difference is we have you know the penciler and the inker is different because Ryan Sook did not do this issue. Okay. And Mr. Uh, Hamilton will be back again because I believe he does the other one of the other standout issues in this series, the Parallax issue. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> you didn't like that one? Well, the I'm talking about the uh, the penciler. Oh, like, I got you. Like I mean, not the issue, the is, penciler. Yeah. Actually, well, we'll talk about the art, but I don't think the art. I think some some of the art works. Let's put it that way. Which is what we. Yeah. I guess an, it's it's an overall assessment. I think we've made in general in this series that even when Ryan Sook is the artist, is that some of the work, some of the art works, and then some of it doesn't, depending on characters or how, so. I think that carries forth and forward even with uh, Craig Hamilton's work, but. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay, so this is the Two-Face issue. Uh, you start out with Two-Face, he's talking with, um, we'll say, not quite an old friend, but an old friend, sort of, but now he's basically, uh, he's in Two-Face's, uh, crosshairs. He's, um, what is he now? He's a senator. He a senator? He's he is a, yep, still U.S. Senator. senator. Okay, so, you know, he knew him when he was a young senator, he's still a senator today, He's a very crooked senator, though. And Two-Face, he 
takes issue with this. Oh, he wanted to hunt him down. That was what his campaign was on. That's right. Yeah, he, okay. he made him an enemy by, by you know, kind of like uh, making him out to be like public enemy number one. Yeah, yeah. He basically, he won his campaign on one of the promises was, you know, getting rid of Two-Face. Because Two-Face, I guess, is the worst. <laughs> At least half of them is. Definitely. Yeah, so, you know, Two-Face is like, uh, you know, open up the safe. And, you know, in the safe is all the senators' dirty money, to which Two-Face sets on fire. And then uh, the next thing you hear is, like, a whole bunch of gunfire. And then uh, Two-Face, you know, walks out into this, like, crowd of people, people that work for the senator, flips his coin. They are safe. They are able to live. Um, Two-Face, you know, leaves. And uh, they're all like, you know, it's like, well... You know, time to go check on the dead senator's body, and he's still alive. But there's a whole bunch of gunshots in the wall, and the senator is just mumbling about how, you know, the uh, the coin came up heads again, so he was, you know, spared. So, Two Face, you know, like he wanted to kill that guy, but because of the coin, he didn't. And you know, he goes into the back room of his, I guess, lair, hideout, whatever, and he prays. Uh, now we, you know, jump over to Hal as the Spectre, confronting Carol Ferris. Well, what one thing, if I if I can interrupt before, okay, that he he goes back and he he does end up praying, but along those, but before we get to the praying point, basically we have a internal monologue <laughs> or dialogue to face, considering he's got two personalities, about basically you having the two sides of two face are talking to each other and we're kind of get an inkling on how basically the underpinnings of their relationship about you know or like are you mad at me because it didn't come up the you know the coin didn't come up the right way and things like that so it's it, you you kind of you kind of get more of a understanding or at least a hint at the understanding of how the relationship is you know that maybe it's not 100 percent i mean that maybe there's a little more connection between the two than just you know 100 percent different aspects or two personalities but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, interesting. It's, it's a definitely interesting aspect, and they they play ball with it like later on. Yes. But um, you know, you got Hal. He's talking with Carol now. I, I guess they're in some kind of like rocky wasteland or whatever. Um, yeah. He reveals himself. She's like, you know, this is you know really weird. He changes himself into traditional Hal. Um, you know. He reads her mind as far as like that. You know, she has a husband, and you know, haven't we gone over this stuff? Like that, you know, she was lonely, and or am I just remembering this issue? And from what point of view that we've gone over it before? Just as in getting an inkling into Carol, or just between the two? Not between the two of them, clearly. Uh, yeah. Well, to the fact that um, you know how she talks about how. Uh, when Hal died, she was devastated by grief, and he was a kind and decent man who eased her pain. Uh, he loves her and, you know, cares about her. Um, G. Johns, you notice that his name was G. John? <laughs> Gil Johns, but the initials. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, the Gil is obviously for Gil Kane. Yep. I, I'm not sure if the Johns is actually a reference to anything. If it is, then I didn't catch it. But then, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that they have referenced that. That the guy's basically a milk toast, 
you know. Oh, that part, yeah. I think yeah. we've gotten some of that just from seeing Carol talk to uh, what's-his-face, uh, his brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which Carol also mentions that, you know, your brother knows that you're back. Um, yeah, but anyway, after Carol was, you know, I guess kind of guilty, you know, thinking about her husband, Hal touches her forehead and shows her that their souls have been like what was it um reincarnated into every permutation of human relationship they've been uh lovers enemies friends mother and son husband and wife um really weird and creepy um <laughs> So, yeah, so yeah, so she's, he's like, basically, you know, this is just one lifetime. It doesn't hold any weight against an eternity, you know, as he basically floats off to go be the specter for the rest of eternity, and her soul will just be kicking around on Earth by itself from now on, I guess. Yeah, so now, you know, as Hal's floating away in his awful robe. Um, Which does, I think, looks a little better when Hamilton draws it. I mean, yeah. He looks better sense, in the outfit. Yeah, he looks better in the outfit when it's drawn by this guy. Yes. It's still a garbage yes. outfit compared to the <laughs> other. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're 100% in agreement. I, I, just, I, just felt, I just felt compelled to point out that as far as the the bad look goes, this is the best of the bad look. <laughs> yeah. He looks cooler in this bad outfit than he does, I think, when Ryan, when Ryan draws him. Yes, it is. It's the best of the garbage. <laughs> it's the shiniest garbage there is. The shine, they polished this turd really well. Yes. So uh, he receives the prayer from Harvey Dent. And, you know, uh, it's a very strong prayer from just a single person. Yeah. You know, so he goes and he, you know, he visits Two-Face. And he, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, questioning it a bit. But then... He, you know, he says he's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a shot at redemption, and he takes away the Two Face personality, just like basically rips it away. Uh, Harvey Dent is now whole again, like you can see his his full face and everything, dressed completely in white, and you know he's able to like go out into the world and you know try again now, and as you know as he does this, Two Faces like. Uh, his thugs come in and they just start shooting at the specter for, you know, cause he's got a cape on, <laughs> I, you know, like what if it was a bad guy, you know, that two face was about to team up with like, you know, two face would have been pissed. We got him boss. Yeah. Take him down. <laughs> you ain't going to hurt our guy. Shoot first. <laughs> After he's dead, we'll ask him some questions. <laughs> Which actually uh, would work with the Spectre. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Spectre's, you know, like, he wants to uh, screw with him a little bit. And he, like, takes on the Two-Face look for a second and grows really big and scoops them up and is, like, screaming at them. And I'm going to chew on your souls for eternity. It's all an act, though. And Harvey's like, you know, wait, no, it's, you know, this is my fault. Don't blame them. You know, it's like, you know, and Hal's basically like, you know, oh, okay, fine, fine, you know, like, I'll give them a second chance. Sends him off to jail. Tells Harvey, you know, like, I've got your two-face, you know, I've got your second face right here. And uh, you're free to go do whatever you want to do, you know. 
seek out love or whatever. So, God, you know, so Harvey Dent's, you know, he's, he's going to go off and, you know, do that kind of thing. Uh, meanwhile, we get uh, a recap of basically everything that we already know about the Spectre. I guess because they kind of made this as a jumping on issue because it was Harvey Dent, uh, Two Face rather. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's all the the you know, you know, oh well, you know, this is the logos and this is what I am, Spectre. And what about Hal Jordan? Blah 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 blah. It's all pointless. And then you get the creepiest drawing of Abin Sir that you will ever see in your life. And, you know, he pops up because, you know, you gotta gotta show that he's still still around and his soul is tied to Hal Jordan's because nonsense. <laughs> then we clip back to Harvey Dent and in his bright white suit he's like basically slumming around the back alleys and he sees his father hunched over in front of a closed store, drinking out of a bottle. And, you know, he's like, Dad? And the guy starts to, you know, insult him. You know, you're useless. You're worthless. You know, you belong in the gutter. Um, and Harvey Dent starts attacking this guy, <laughs> just like beating the hell out of him, throwing him through a store window. And Ben realizes it's not his dad. It's just an old drunk. <laughs> so, Oops. Yeah. So Harvey's, you know, he he may not have the Two-Face personality attached to him, but he's, he's not right. Uh, and the Two-Face personality, like, you know, he knows that this is, uh, you know, not right and that they belong together. And, uh, God, stupid Abin, sir. Really bad opposite. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the of the witch looking two face part either. But but maybe it's just because we get to see the whole. If we're, we're so not used to seeing a, a, a whole one face of <laughs> of the bad part of two face, and maybe that's what it is really. But so, um, yeah. So Hal basically takes this little energy ball of two face and eats him. Um, you know, and, and Albin's like, you know, you can't just do this. You can't just, you know, rip it away. And Hal is basically like, well, I know that. <laughs> it was never my, my, my purpose. All I'm trying to do right now is give Harvey Dent kind of a, a chance to, you know, restore the balance. Because the, the Two-Face personality has taken over, you know, and there's got to be a balance if you... Uh, you know, for him, for him to basically go on. So... Because he's trying to purify... Basically, he's trying to purify it in a way. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic because the same thing that par- that he that we, fi- that we find out that the Spectre really wanted to do with Parallax, which is kind of like bur- burn out the diseased part of what was attached to Hal. He kind of mentions that it's almost... That the two-faced part of Harvey is almost like a tumor now that needs to be removed. And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to remove it, purify it, and then kind of like stick it back together again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he wants to purify it, but, like, you know, it's, you know, the way that it seems is, like, I feel like he's not necessarily sure that he can repair Two-Face. I think he's basically working, and maybe, it's, it's a little nebulous, because he says that he wants to, you know, purify him and remove the toxins that no longer serve a purpose, but by the same token, like, 
I, you know, it also says that, you know, Two-Face isn't just an aspect of Harvey's personality. He's split off, grown out of control. Um, I intend to heal Two-Face and then reintegrate him into Dent Psyche. Um, yeah, I, like, I guess it could be that he wants to re- return him to whole as a actual person with, you know, just, you know, a dark side. But I, I don't know, like, I feel like he maybe couldn't, do that. Well, well, Two-Face, well, the Two-Face persona kind of gives you a hint of what, of probably why Hal either might be torn or why it ends up working out the way it does, because the Two-Face, before Hal eats them, he points out that you think you can really basically just, you know, just, just pick and choose what, you know, which pieces and splinters of somebody's personality or psyche you're going to, you're going to keep and take out and play with, that it doesn't work, and expect it all to work out, you know, nice with a happy ending, and it's like, it doesn't work like that, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what Hal, you know, eventually finds out because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to he's he's thinking that he can just take out these pieces and and then basically shine everything back up again, put it back together and it's gonna be all sunshine yeah. and rainbows, but we find out no. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, so uh meanwhile we go over to Harvey who he wants to be reunited with his wife. Um uh unfortunately the house that he just broke into, that's not his wife. She hasn't lived there for years. This is just some other woman um, who smashes a, a vase against his face, um, you know, messing up half of his face again. The, the two-face side, by the way. Thank God. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if he kills her. No, I don't think – no, I don't think – I don't think he does. Um like he's definitely strangling her and she says, please don't, you're killing me. And in the next scene, uh, she's just kind of like lying there. So he may or may not have killed her, but then the specter is back and he's got like a full two face guy. Um, you know, and basically it's like, you know, you need to basically find balance now. Um, and, you know, Harvey's like, no, no, don't. You can't make me do this. You know, how can you do this to me? It's like, you know, and Hal's like, well, I didn't make this decision, you know, and Two-Face is like, we did. You know, so he merges them back together and uh, just kind of says it's it's up to you. You know, redemption is in your hands. Um, and then uh, Hal reflects on it. And basically says, I need, I need a break from this. I need to go somewhere where I'm not like, you know, all cosmic-y. And he goes to visit his brother and, uh, and his niece. And he's like, hi, Helen. I'm your Uncle Hal. So that's how it ends. Good stuff. <sighs> Good story. I, you know, like, this, this is one of the ones that I always remember fondly because... It's the Spectre, and it's him dealing with stuff in the DC universe that makes sense for him to be, you know, dealing with. Yes. Um, and I think, like, the, the conflict between Two-Face and Harvey Dent, you know, is an interesting one, especially for the Spectre to tackle. And, you know, and like, at the end of the day, it isn't clear-cut. It's not something that the Spectre can just, like... You know, it's not something that he could burn out. It's not something he could just take. And it's also not something that he will necessarily punish himself. Right. So. And plus it's an interesting 
again, no pun intended, but looking like looking in a mirror, that you have Hal. He's looking, Hal who's seeking redemption himself and who in his own mind kind of sees himself as one, as being a separate entity from the Spectre, but yet they kind of aren't. They kind of merge together and they have to work together. We also know, <laughs> we eventually, we, we, we discover that he still has Parallax inside of him, so basically Hal and Parallax still have this struggle going on. Uh, there's, there's lots of duality at play here, even in the confines of, the, of this story and the universe that existed when it was written, and then the bigger picture stuff that we know now know what was still going on be, behind the scenes. Uh, of the idea of how, again, the idea of how also you try to seek redemption. How you go about redemption, uh, uh, and what de- and as Hal references at the end, like destiny, like how maybe this how affects your your way of looking at destiny or what destiny is, and you know, kind of like in a way in the in the context of you know like Harvey Dent was like he re- like it was this you know his destiny you know in a way kind of to be this way and 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 looking at it in big picture how it applies to himself of all all the things that he did to get to this point you know. But as usual with this book, there's lots of deep concepts that are, that are going on. I think we both, as we both, I think, are in agreement. Well, I think I may be more open to some of the to some of the ideas overall, even if I don't necessarily agree with them. I may be a little bit more open to them sometimes than you are. I think we both agree that sometimes they seem to work better, and sometimes they don't. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, to go along with what you were saying as far as fate, you know, like – yeah, you have Hal struggling with that two phase, but like you know, just how two phase is always flipping the coin. You know, like you had the senator and all those you know people that work for the senator saved because of fate, because of the way the coin dropped. Right. Um, whereas if that coin had gone the other way, it might have been a very different interaction with the specter. Possibly. And who knows? And also, just from the starting off point, because maybe, maybe for some reason, Har- either maybe Harvey wouldn't have felt compelled to pray, or not, not or not praying the same way, or maybe he would have actually prayed, or just yeah, maybe he would have just prayed in a different way if he did pray. Who knows which part of his persona? Instead of instead of having him, they would have had a different uh, internal debate, because the internal debate they have in the issue is more or less about uh, you know. <laughs> Is the is the bad you know is the bad side mad at the good side because it because he, the bad side didn't get to kill everybody, and obviously if he had, if they were having a debate, it would be more like the good side saying, "How could you do that? Why did you do?" You know, it would be it would be a yeah. whole different a whole different ball game. But it's yeah, and still seeking redemption, but because of the murder, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's there 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 are a lot of a lot of things going on in here. Uh, I guess breaking some of it down at least by, but I think I think I like I like the way Two Face looks for the most part in this issue. It's a little different look, uh, especially when when Harvey's just Harvey. It kind of is because again we're not used to seeing really Harvey anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, I, it, it works for me. That definitely, I, for the most part, I think the the, the Two Face look worked very well. Um, like the one scene where he's just kind of like sprawled out on the floor. But the bottle. Yeah, that's a little awkward. Yeah, but yeah, overall, and I thought it was it was very cool to see the full on Two Face. Yeah, um, that was neat. That was very neat. 
Carol continues to be drawn poorly, just in a different way. Yeah, I mean, like, she's not. I don't think she's drawn nearly as bad no, here. No, no. Um, like, she actually like resembles a woman, um, and I guess could actually pass for the age of Carol. So I mean, that's good. But the coloring is really bad. Yeah, she's really dark. I, I mean, like, everybody's really dark. Everything is so murky. Um, it's 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 weird. Like, I can I, I understand them if they wanted to do murky, between the murky and the light on the Two-Face, Harvey Dent stuff. Um, you know, like, if you wanted to play with that, play that up. Um, but they don't really do that. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, even in, you know, the, like, he, he's he's bright white in a well-lit area, and then, you know, in, like, the, the, the other scenes, it's like, you know, it's all dark and everything like that. So they don't even, like, utilize that as a, as a point. Um, yeah, I, the, the Two-Face stuff was definitely the best run. The, the way that this guy drew Abin Sir... Like, that first panel with Abin Sir, it's like, like, what the hell are you drawing? Yeah, he definitely doesn't look like Abin Sir. No. Um, it, it's, it, it might as well be a bald guy gardener. <laughs> Mr. Clean with a power ring. Yeah. yeah it, you're right. It is. It, it is does look Clean. like a, they just give him an earring. Yeah. Probably copied it right off the, uh... <laughs> the bottle. The bottle. <laughs> <laughs> or the magic eraser box, but they didn't have those then. Yeah. So, um... But the Spectre looks... Considering he's not wearing the actual Spectre outfit at all, pretty much in this issue, he does look pretty good, considering. <laughs> um... As good as the bat... Like you said, it's good... This is a, not a good look for the character, but he draws... He draws... But he draws it in a really nice... He, in a very powerful, kind of like, uh... Kind of like a spooky kind of way too, like when he's holding when he's holding the 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 power orb, like the green orb with uh, two face in it, yeah. right? Right when he first reveals to Harvey that I you know this is what I did, I took it out, I, it's been removed. I think that's an awesome. I think maybe the globe is, itself is not that great, but I think Hal there looks awesome. That's yeah, a- that's cool. Um, the part where he's like scooping up. Uh, dense henchman. Oh yeah, that's great. When but but the uh, yeah the two faced specter, yeah. if you will. Um, that's a brilliant page. I, everything about that page is like fantastic. You've got, you know, almost like a like a fire at the bottom of the page when he's you know sending them off to the police station. Like the line work on the the two face um, Hal, you know, is brilliant. Everything about this page totally works for me. Um. It's probably it's got to be the best page of the whole thing, and he, you know, and like when he did like the line work on Harvey Dent during the transformation, I love that. Um, my my criticism on his Hal is that his face is very inconsistent. You know, like yeah, I could see that from from one panel to the next. Like, you know, the only panels where Hal looks similar is when it's Specter Hal transforming into regular Hal for Carol. You know, like, that's yes. when, you know, you can see the likeness, you know. But aside from that, like, 
It's very, it's just all over the place. Even Abin Sir was all over the place. Um, you know, he was very consistent with Harvey and mm, to some extent Carol. But, uh, like, I, you know, in the beginning with the, the parts with the senator, like, I'm looking at the line work there. And, it like, part of me is like, you know, like, obviously the first page is great. First page is, you know. Yes. Perfect. It's it's absolutely perfect. It's a splash page of Two Faces face, um, you know, and it, it sets the stage for the issue. So that's great. The part with the senator, like at times, it looks a little uh, cartoony. Yes. Like um, almost like a like a political cartoon from like the early 1900s. That kind of style. You know, like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, it's a little cartoony. It kind of works. You know, like, it kind of works with because it's a senator, um, you know, and he's very corrupt. Like, I buy it. I buy into it. So, I mean, like, there are definite scenes in this this issue. Like, I mean, I think, if, out of anything, the coloring definitely took away from it the most. But, um, you know... Aside from like the the Hal Jordan, you know, looking inconsistent, and I don't know some wonkiness here and there, you know, like that Abin Sir, I would definitely say this is superior to the Sook stuff. Oh yeah, I I I agree. I think he's. I mean, Sook doesn't do a bad. He he draws a good Hal. He draws a good Spectre. But I agree. I think I I I think in a way Hamilton's art kind of gives you more of a power like a like a said before I think more of a powerful impression of Hal at least as the Spectre especially like another page that really pops is that page right when he's reintegrating them back together when you have like that when you have Hal like almost in a middle paddle between the two of them and then, and then you have Harvey Har- basically the, the faces are turned in two different directions so you only see one side of each face as t- you know is Hal's yeah. like kind of like explaining what he's got to you know what what he's doing and why he's doing it before basically he returns Harvey back to exa- pretty much exactly where he was at at that time, yeah, on yeah. the floor as a you know dr- drunk. That I think that that's a really nice page. Uh, Hamilton does a good job with Jack and Helen. I like. Yeah, fantastic job. Yes, those are definitely is you know most well drawn characters. I mean like they really like they well you know what they come to life. He probably had um like a visual you know model to base that off of and plus we have seen these characters before so yes even even from past issues he would have uh, a general guideline for how the characters should be especially jack at this point so yeah now yeah. one point that you and it didn't surprise me that you picked up on this but so you really so you really didn't like the idea about now let me ask you i know you didn't like it the question is like why you didn't like it the aspect of when when Hal's kind of explaining, in a way, he's kind of giving permission for Carol not to feel guilty or about or to feel conflicted about, you know, that she's she's with Gil now. That when Hal explains that basically their souls have this kind of connection and they've always had this kind of connection. It hasn't always been the same kind of relationship, but they've always had this. There's always been a bond between between the two of them. Like it's fate that they're always going to be have a, a major role in each other's lives. Yeah. So is it the concept you don't like, or is it more, or is it more just because of what you know about Hal and Carol up to this point that makes it harder to see them in different relationships? You know, it's 
there's a couple of aspects to it. Um, for one thing, like, I could accept the concept that, you know, our souls have been intertwined since the universe was born, you know, and in every time we've been lovers. Okay. Like, like that I could buy. Um, or like, you know, or, you know, sometimes we're enemies, sometimes we're lovers. Like the concept of mother and son is very like, it should, that shouldn't be. Like, that's a permutation that should never be, you know, tied that way. But do you think that's – but again, do you think that's more of a general general philosophical view on it or is it just because we – in, in, our, in our experience, we know Hal and Carol are lovers. So to see them as something more like brother and sister or, some, or have a different kind of relationship other than, you know, directly – Non 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 familiar. <laughs> well, yeah, I think yeah, I definitely think philosophically, I think they should be non familiar. If you want to go that route, on the other hand, there is also the other aspect as far as you know being informed by how they are, you know, beyond this one particular series. I don't necessarily know that I believe that this is, you know, the case between the two of them. You know, just because the two of them have a romantic history, like, to say it's like, oh, yes, we have one, you know, our, our you know, history stretches back to the, the dawn of time. I, I mean, like, no. <laughs> like, no. Like, you know, the, the Hal-Carol relationship, you know, it's fairly iconic, but it's never really listed yes. on the same levels as, say, Superman and Lois Lane. No, it and, it and there certainly was a time frame when it was when it rubbed people the wrong way a lot. That it was yeah. the relationship that most people. It was. It was. It was. It certainly was never really iconic the way. Let's say, besides what you said, let's say like, you know, like Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Right. Or even Peter Parker and Gwen before that. It's just you just don't see those two as as a as a really good relationship and people that really belong together. You probably see it more as the opposite that you know there are two people that are just des there's an attraction and there's a bond that they they come together, but it's just destined not to work. <laughs> but yeah. I, but I do like the pictures they show in Carol's hair when he touches her because you kind of get the you kind of see like in a way some of their different incarnations. Uh, at least what... it's it's a cool it's an interesting concept. I just I don't know. I was kind of like eh. creeped out by the mother son. Mother, son. Like... Yeah, and then the other yeah the other thing <laughs> is like he's the specter. Now I mean like unless unless he like thinks of this as a finite job, you know like that's really shitty to be like our souls have been intertwined you know, throughout, you know, all of time. Um, but now I'm attached to God, so you're on your own. Like, that's, like, like, a desolate thought. Well, but, like, could but... you imagine, like, like, you find out all of a sudden that there's somebody in your life that you, you know, you have been intertwined with them since the dawn of time and that no matter what happens, 
your soul will seek theirs out. And then all of a sudden you find out that they've been taken off the playing field and their soul will no longer be interacting with yours from now on. Like, that means basically, like, your soul is now kicking around alone for the rest of the end of the time. Yo, oh, yeah. If, that, if that's... If that's really what he meant, then yes, it would be it would be, it would be a kick in the groin. <laughs> but that's not really what he. But that's really not the point he's trying to get across. To her. As, I mean, as far as far as he's concerned, this is just still one this 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 relationship that they're having right now, including him being the specter. That's just one lifetime, and they've and they've already had countless lifetimes. So all he's saying is, in this one lifetime, it's just not going to work out between the two of us. And it's not, and, and it's and that it's okay that it doesn't work out between the two of us because of all the different times that we've spent together in the past and and think directly implying that there's going to be another chance down the road too that there's, there really isn't a need to be sad about this because we have this bond we've always had this bond we will always have this bond just in this lifetime now our paths are kind of going off in different directions as far as the nature of the relationship in this in this lifetime which was romantic. That it just isn't going to happen or can't happen, and don't forget he's also doing it to try to set her free because she feels kind of like in a love triangle with uh, Grandpa over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, 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 with Jeff Johns' grandfather over there. <laughs> so I I think that's how he that's how he, he he means it more. But I I like that I like the concept. I do like that concept. I guess you, yeah, when you look at making it mother and I, I can, I do understand where you're coming from. Why, depending on how you, your relationship is now with the person who you find out, oh, this is how it's been, or you have all these different, you know. <laughs> and I can see how that would be freaky and, and disturbing, but I, I, but as a general concept, I like the idea that these two, that two people are. That's kind of go again going back to uh, with Zoriel, right? Zoriel was just talking about how they all kind of he that Carol, Jack, and Hal kind of all had a bond together. Not in the sense that Carol and Jack always were super close, but they've always had you know Hal's always been a factor, basically a, something that is a common thread between the, between them. So it kind of goes back to that too. Uh, Hal, you and Jack. <laughs> You've gone through every possible permutation. <laughs> Sometimes you've been brothers. Sometimes you've been more than brothers. <laughs> Sometimes he's been your mother. <laughs> Sometimes he's been the guy that collects your rent. <laughs> you Mr. know, Mr. Furley. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Jack. Um. Well, Jack, yeah, you know Jack. the rules. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Roper, make it even worse. Uh, but as a, but I do like the general idea that you have people that are, this almost like cyclical nature that you have people that are souls that are do have this connection that, I I I do like that concept. I think and even and even what he's saying to her, for yes, it could be interpreted in a kind of a negative, dismissive kind of way. It. Clearly, he's not doing it for that reason. But moving beyond that aspect of it, it's the, I, even what he's saying at that point is—it's kind of a peaceful concept. Is that you know we had this bond for some whatever reason, it's not working out now. Maybe it will never work out in this incarnation of our relationship. But considering all the time we've had together before, we always end up coming back together. 
it's okay if it doesn't work out this time. What's one, you know, one time out of a thousand, you know, one, let's say that things don't really work out, that we don't end up together when we end up together the other times or the overwhelming majority of times we do. What's one lifetime in the, you know, in the concept of eternity? So I, I do kind of I I get where he's going with it and I kind of and it kind of works for me I think it's <clears throat> there's not much else he could really tell her at this point <laughs> ditch grandpa and come float floating with me <laughs> you can be Carol. Mrs Mrs Specter Carol Carol it's not you it's my soul <laughs> now in Harvey Dent's uh, lair he definitely has the scream painting hung up. I can't tell what the other one is, though. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think what the other one is. doesn't ring any bells. You know, it, it, it almost... Eh, I was going to say it almost looks like Napoleon crossing the Alps, but it doesn't look that... It looks similar to that. In, it might be. It might be a variation on that, because it, cause it looks like it's a horse rearing on his hind legs with somebody riding it with his arm in the air. So it could possibly be... Uh, Napo- yeah, it could be a... Which would kind of... In a way, it would make sense because you would have the madness, you know, the madness side, and the more, you know, the leader, the stoic leader, positive side. So maybe that's what they're trying to represent. Uh, because obviously, the the madness one is in the the two face side, if you will, not the Harvey side. So <clears throat> I don't know the crusading part. Maybe that's you know, maybe that that's what it kind of looks like. But it's hard. But it's not, there's not a lot of detail on that one. It's not as iconic, I think. Based on the way it's drawn, but that's the only thing that that's the only thing that came to mind. Looking at it quick, gonna have to look into that. Yeah, that that does a good pickup. Actually, let's see. Um, zooming in now, it looks like. Let's see if I can find the picture that I'm talking about, and then I can show you. It doesn't look like a horse. I thought it, yeah, to me, it could, might not be. To me, it kind of looked like somebody was, the horse, well, let me, again, if I can find this picture and show it to you, then maybe, maybe you can, you can see what I kind of mean, but, um, <clears throat> but again, it's, it doesn't, there's not, a, there's not a huge amount of detail on it, and I think that's, and I think that's what, what part of the problem is, is that it makes yeah. it, let's see if I can, I'm trying to get a good, ver, good version of this picture. There's a thousand different things you find online, but it, but but that's yeah. good. That's it's definitely good. like smoke or clouds in the picture. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna like rocks. Be, yeah, let me paste this to you right now, and then you'll and you'll see what I think you'll at least be able to see what I mean as far as why it reminds me of that. If it's not supposed to be that, that's fine. But that's what it kind of, it, but it does kind of remind me of that. Yeah, I don't think it's that. No, definitely not. No, it's more like somebody like standing up, uh, possibly doing ballet. Yeah, no, it, de- it definitely has to do with well, something actually, well, the order. You could be right, but if you actually look at the front part of that painting, it does the rock part. The the rock part, right in the fr- right in the beginning, that rock almost looks like the same rock in the other in the painting, the picture that I showed you. The boy has Bonaparte written across it. That rock is almost in the same shape, at least part of it is. The one that's the little the little part that's protruding out almost looks like it. Uh, it's hard to it's again. There's not a lot of detail on it, so it, it could be a lot of stuff. But that's the only reason why there are some. There's at least a little bit of similarity in the, 
in the sh- like potential shape of the figure. If it is somebody on horseback, which we can't, that's the point. We can't tell that it is. So, but that, but again, that was just based on what I could see. Yeah. It's kind of hard to hard to know. That would do. Maybe maybe yeah maybe we can do some research. Maybe we can actually find out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll look into that for uh, episode Next. seven. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not that. It's definitely not that one. I think it's maybe a mountain range. God, this is gonna kill me now. Cause you know, you definitely know what the other one is. So you're definitely supposed to be able to make out what that one is. Ah, okay. Figure it out later. Okay, so you wanted to go over something in the letters page? Oh yes, 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 yes. Which I figured this would appeal appeal to you because uh, there were some a few letters in the ghost office column that were interesting, but this is this is one that I figured you would appreciate right off the bat. So this one is, dear editor. So let me get this straight. <laughs> Abin Sir was sent to hell because he gave Hal the ring, and Hal became Parallax. <laughs> it's like, what kind of theology is that? Putting aside the fact that Abin Sir's afterworld was shown in Swamp Thing to be – and this is kind of weird because he's not Korrigorian, but it says yeah. to be based on Korrigorian religious beliefs, not Judeo-Christian ones. The notion that Abin would be punished for Hal's actions is so unjust and ultimately arbitrary that it's downright absurd. Why not send Abin Sir to heaven because Hal sacrificed himself to reignite the sun in Final Night? Did Hal's parents go to hell for conceiving him? One of his grandparents. <laughs> Stuff we've kind of talked about, I believe, when we talked about that. Yeah. I thought that one, yeah, that one kind of, uh, I thought of you when I, when I read that one last night. Yeah, they didn't actually respond to that. Yeah, they don't reply to any of these, right? They're just the raw letters. I, I don't know if they do it in the future. I think they do. I'm pretty sure they do. But don't forget, to be fair, they're only, uh, this is only the first bunch of letters referring to Spectre number one. So they probably they probably just trying to get as many initial reactions to the book in, and then yeah. they, I'm pretty sure they do comment as it as it goes on. Well, thank you, DJ Dayton, for for covering my concern. <laughs> okay. So that covers this. It covers uh, this issue of the Spectre. Uh, next, the next episode we'll be doing, I think, is another three issue arc. So that's why we wanted to do this issue on its own. Alright, so probably the next episode we do in like a month or two will be uh, 6, 7, and 8, I believe. It is kind of the pattern with this book. It seems like they have like a three-issue arc or a two-issue arc, and then it comes back and has a one-issue one. So, yeah. but we figured at this point, since we figured, since, especially since Jim hasn't given his thoughts at all on, on Rebirth as a concept, as much as we know about it, since we don't know that much, or, and... This is our first real opportunity on the show to talk about the rumored Green Lantern books that are going to be coming out of Rebirth. So I, we figured we would spend a few minutes and, and talk about that. So give your thoughts, Jim. Here's, here, you go first. Uh, um, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like a couple of things. For one thing, like – it's called Rebirth. It's got, you know, it's probably got Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver attached to it somehow. But, 
with Ethan Van Skyver working on Edge of Oblivion right now, and knowing how far in advance he had to start working on that, it, it's kind of like it's kind of curious to me, like how he's going to be involved with it, if at all, you know, or much, or is he just going to be working on covers, um, or is he going to be working on a book and it's just always going to be late, um, or was he able to like pick up his time frame a lot? Maybe the reason that he started Edge of Oblivion so early was so that he could get it done on time, you know, get it done early so that way he could jump on to Rebirth. I don't know. Um, I don't know how they're going to, you know, how it's going to affect the DC Universe. I suspect it's going to be a soft reboot more like Zero Hour. Probably. I would, I would tend... I would tend to lean uh, towards that belief myself that it would that it's it's not just going to be a relaunch, but if it's going to but it probably I think it has to at least be some kind of reboot, but it may but it probably unfortunately is not going to be a a full flashpoint kind of reboot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's not enough time to do that. It's basically like 52, you know, is going to come and then it's going to be a rebirth number one, and then the next month, like, or the end of the month, the next issue comes out. Uh, or the first issue of the next series. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's so sudden that it makes me wonder how much weight it will carry. But, I mean, like, you don't just start numbering, you know, renumbering books without some event. You know? Right. Like, you have to have a reason. Now, if it's the kind of thing where... Mm, I don't know, like... Are they, are they going to have a, a, um, a standalone book DC Rebirth? That is yet to be confirmed or announced. We kind of... I think what the latest rumors were that every... That, what was it that every book is going to have a Rebirth issue? Before be, something like a rebirth, a, a rebirth issue before the renumbering starts or something. I don't know. Yeah. I would assume there's going to be there has to be a some kind of event. I mean, there has to be something that would explain why they're doing what they're doing. So uh, okay, February is what forty nine. Yes. Okay, February is forty nine. March is. 50, April is 51, and May is 52, which means that the free comic book day is going to be DC Rebirth, or intro to DC Rebirth. Um, I'll call that right now. And then, if that's not the book that relaunches everything, then it's going to be a preview of the book that relaunches everything and that book will come out like the next week or something like that they're going to have a DC rebirth it's probably going to be the kind of thing where all that convergence stuff is finally starting to take hold maybe Parallax does something between here and then or whatever um, and all of a sudden now there's like new tweaks out there so that like the Superman that has a kid becomes the prime Superman. 
Um, now, wait a second. Now, Edge of Oblivion. Issue 2 came out today. Yeah, now, so Issue 2 came out today. That means that, like, three, four, five, how many issues is it? Five or six? Six. Six. So then that's going to put the last issue after the renumbering. Which, which for that series, well, well, for that series it doesn't matter necessarily because it's not like it's going to be a direct re- relaunch if the rumored titles are correct. I mean, it's going to be like two books being combined into one. Right, but and I mean, like that's the the entire core is stuck in another universe, and conceivably, the end of that book will have them ending up in the main universe again. So, like. If the green, if Hal, like the, the title that they're relaunching after Rebirth is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, like that's going to start, and the Green Lantern Corps is going to be there, and then like the next month you'll find out how they got back to the universe. Like, is that is that what we're looking at? Probably. Um, that's god awful. That's god awful planning. I'm just, I just hope. Having read Edge of Oblivion, or skimmed through Edge of Oblivion, I read Telos, skimmed through Edge of Oblivion so far, I'm just hoping that by the time we get close to the end of the series, it ties back into Cullen Bunn's work, because if this whole six-issue arc doesn't even touch upon any of the stuff that Cullen Bunn did, then that's going to be a... No matter how good this is, or how good it... How how satisfying it is for the conclusion, it's still going to suck and kind of be a cluster you-know-what if they don't meld... The two and because you know we there was the whole thing with you know with with relic and with Krona and all the stuff and and they already started not tying it in because they don't talk about you know Mogo having the other you know the other cat colors being able to use the other parts of the spectrum and it's not the other color lanterns that were there at the end of issue six of Lost Army so but if they don't tie into the bigger picture concepts at least with relic and Krona then that's just going to be a the, that's that's shitty storytelling, is what it is. It is, but again, it's part of it's because they they were they were working on Edge of Oblivion before Cullen Bunn even I guess even knew that that, that well, they were doing an Edge of Oblivion. The Lost Army hadn't he was he wasn't he didn't even know that they were doing an, a follow up series. So it was, it was being worked on at the same time, I think, to start with. So that would make sense why the first two issues don't have any kind of overlap. But, well, you know, it would make sense why, but I mean, like. That's a really awful, like, that's a really, really awful way to put out books that are based on, like, you know, like, periodical-based, like, you know, stories. You know, like, it, it goes in a sequence. You know, it's one thing to have, like, a Batman book and then a Detective Comics book and, like, the two Batmans, you know are doing their own thing or whatever, so you can tell their own stories. That's different, because, like, you basically just say, okay, well, yeah, this story happens after this one, or that one happens after this one, whatever. This, you've basically, you know, you're telling a story about these lanterns, and it's very specific lanterns in a very specific setting, and then you pick up the story of those exact same lanterns in the exact same universe, but the writers weren't communicating with each other at all. 
the writer of the last series didn't even realize that yeah. he was getting canceled. Like, he couldn't even, like, end it to tie into this one. The writer of the new one, I guess, didn't care to find out what was happening with the other one. Or DC wouldn't let him. Like, I don't know. Like, it's so... It's so insanely stupid. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that? And then you wonder why sales are slipping on Green Lantern. Well, I mean, you know, maybe if you didn't treat it like, you know... Like the Guy Gardner stepchild. Yeah. It's a redheaded stepchild joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Um... I, I mean, like, that's, like, that's abysmal planning. Yeah, it, it concerns me. Uh, I mean, I have not... I've enjoyed Edge of Oblivion so far. I don't think there's anything in it that's, from a writing point of view, that's spectacular. I think right now Van Skyver's art is is selling it. Uh, I do like the change in the book, focusing more on Guy than for John, because I don't think the I don't think the John thing worked that well, or, or the way they approached it worked as well in Lost Army. But they need to, whatever, wherever they want to go with this, they need to still tie it in to the whole Relic and Chrono thing. They can't just leave that out there. Yeah. They at least, I mean, they need. We at least need to know uh, how how we need to know first of all how they got there to begin with and who sent them there, which may very well tie into Krona. But if not, we need to know, you know, what Krona knows, how he knows it, and the relic stuff isn't as as important because you know we know what's going to happen to Relic, we know what his fate is. So, but I don't know. I just think it, it concerns me that. Kind of like the way I was waiting in Star Trek Green Lantern to finally find and see to, to see Indigo One either show up and or see Ganthet come back and either one of those things happen. <laughs> so I mean, sometimes you just keep holding out hope that something that would make a little bit of sense would happen, and then it turns out, well, it doesn't. Yeah. But uh, we're gonna, I guess, we'll find out soon enough. And and what about the uh, two titles that were rumored? There were only rumored to again, nothing's confirmed. We're only rumored to have two Green Lantern titles come at, after whatever Rebirth is. Yeah. Uh, based on what I've read from the rumors, the Green Lan- uh, the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps book is probably going to be a twice-monthly book. Um, you know, because that's, that's, that looks like the route that they're going for Batman and probably Superman also. <laughs> that would make sense. It's, you know... It's almost certainly going to be two or three artists rotating on that, um, you know, and you'll you know have the stories shifting around. I mean, it's basically like how they do with uh, you know the fifty-two series. You know, one week you're reading a couple of stories about these guys. The next month, like you know, you could be focusing on somebody else, and it jumps around. But you know, at the end of the day. You've got a whole bunch of Green Lantern stories in there. If that's what they do, I think that's a great that's a great idea. It's a great idea for a book. Um, you know, maybe you'll have actual stories of Hal on Earth, and you know, the next issue you'll have Guy and John doing whatever. I don't know. Like, I think that is an, as a, a book, you know, that'll work, especially if it's if it's twice twice a month. Um, no, no issues with that. The other one 
that they're talking about as uh, a Power Ring book. I mean, if it's going to be Jessica Cruz, I, I don't think it's going to last, um, like, at all. I, I just, I don't think that she has it in her. Now, if somebody else gets the ring, um, depending on who gets the ring, like, if it's a more well-established character, I think it has a shot. Uh, me, personally, like, and I don't necessarily think that they'll do this, but I think if they gave Baz the, the power ring, you know, the evil power ring, like, I think that would make for a really interesting story. Um, uh, but I don't think that he's popular enough to carry his own book. If it's, you know, it's not even a Green Lantern book. It's like, if they're going to give that to anybody, it's going to be either somebody more well-known or they're going to give it to Jessica Cruz because she's a female and a minority. Um, we know Newsarama's rooting for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like, the way that Green Lantern has been in the past, like, the the way that they deal with diversity, it always feels pretty natural because the way that the ring goes, you know, the ring can pick anybody. It goes to the most worthy person, you know, and then it's a pretty, pretty open... Um, you know, way to get anybody in, you know, and especially with, with Simon Baz, like the way that they did that with like, you know, uh, Hal and Sinestro both trying to influence, you know, who the ring picks next. Yes. That was the, to me, that's the most interesting thing about Baz's origin is that the ring, the ring ended up choosing him because he's got characteristics of both Sinestro and Hal in him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Jessica Cruz, um, aside from the fact that I've never, like, she's never been in Green Lantern. Nope. Um, you know, it's, it's a Green Lantern character that's never been in Green Lantern. She doesn't, you know, she has like the, the, the thinnest ties to Green Lantern because it's power ring. Um. And Baz is kind of her, has, hasn't Baz kind of been her mentor? Well. Before he I, got sucked out, but of course we don't know how... There's no real con- there's no real straight timeline continuity between what's happening in the Justice League books and what's happening in anywhere. So, but I mean, in general, I thought didn't well, didn't didn't he have some kind of role in mentoring her? Probably. Um, I mean, he was supposed to, based on what Jeff John said. Um. Yeah, like it just it doesn't it doesn't work for me because she hasn't been in a Green Lantern book. Um, so I don't really, I, I don't care about her and I don't really feel like that's, a, that's going to be a strong, you know, Green Lantern contender if they give it to her. Now, the possibility that I raised was, <clears throat> sorry, right now you have, basically two Hal Jordans floating around the, you know, new 52 universe. You have, you know, renegade Hal Jordan with his gauntlet. And I guess technically, I guess they could give him the power ring, but then he'd be in power ring. And then also the other book, but you also have parallax from, you know, back in the day through convergence. So what I 
<clears throat> what I suspect might happen is that Parallax is going to use up his energy to save the universe or restart it or whatever. Basically rebirth it. And, uh, you know, I could see him expending all of his energy and then when he's, like, totally powerless, like, somehow coming across the power ring from, you know, the, uh, was it Earth 3? I believe it's Earth 3 that they're from, the, uh, the crime syndicate. Um, yeah, but, like, you know, and then if you give it to, to him, then it's like, okay, well, then you have Hal Jordan as a Green Lantern, and then you have Parallax, who some would definitely characterize as the evil version of Hal Jordan with the power ring. You know, it kind of ties into the way that they've always gone classic with the, uh, the crime syndicate. You know, I think you could definitely, you could support a book with an evil Hal Jordan with a power ring, maybe trying to be less evil. Now, would you still have, now, based on this, would you have the entity be out of him too? At that point, before he became before he became powering, it would be a de entitied Hal Jordan, or just a depowered Hal Jordan, and still with the entity inside him who who gets the powering. Um, I would definitely say depowered. I, if it were up to me, I think that that particular parallax should always be devoid of the, you know, parallax um, entity. I think that if they're smart. They should keep it separate. They should keep him out of, like, that particular mythos and just say that all of his power is derived from the central power battery and, like, the energy that he absorbed traveling through time and whatnot. And it didn't, like, was it... I can't remember what other power he absorbed, but... Uh, uh he... Besides the power and the knowledge from the power battery, he said he absorbed some. I think he he absorbed extra chronal energy when he was floating through the time stream. I think, ironically, I think they were supposed to be remnants left over from from the crisis. Okay. I think I I think that was the other explanation that he gave in during Zero Hour for how he got how he got amped up. It was it was the knowledge that basically it was the knowledge from the guardians that that that. He, enabled him to be able to, you know, create life and everything like that. But I think the extra power that that boosted him besides the central power battery power was extra energy left over from floating around in the time stream because of a uh, crisis. Which is interesting since obviously that didn't happen now. <laughs> wow. Or it did, but... Well, it did happen because technically this, 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 this parallax is post-zero hour, so he has already been down that route before, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, that's how I would have played it if it were up to me. Um, yeah, just, just say, you know, well, he's from a different timeline, and, you know, a different, uh, universe, and in that universe there are no entities. Um, you know, so he, just power him down. I, you know, the other possibility you know, because you were mentioning that it looks like they're ready to take Sinestro off the table from the Sinestro core and put Sora in charge. Maybe they're getting ready to make Sinestro power ring. That would be interesting. Yeah. So, 
I mean, there's a lot of possibilities there. Like, I, but I mean, like, yeah, just giving the ring to Jessica Cruz basically seems like making a new Red Lanterns book like when it was originally, you know, with, you know, Atrocitus waxing poetic. (laughs) Yes. Hamlet Atrocitus. Atrocious. 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 (laughs) Alas, poor Atrocious. I know. I knew him, Horatio. I I agree. I think the, the problem with doing it, yes, I think who they gave the ring to would could change this. But the idea of doing a power ring book when you're that of re of if you of relaunching the Green Lantern franchise, if you can even call it a franchise anymore, if we're only only going to have two monthly books, you stick in Green Lan- Hal and Green Lantern into one book. Yes, the fact if it's twice a month makes it a little more palatable. But still, you're basically saying that we don't. You're kind of saying, essentially, that we don't think that a Green Lantern Corps book and a Hal Jordan book can each survive on their own. So we're sticking them together, <laughs> or the market won't support both. But we're going to give another book to another Lantern who's not even a real Green Lantern, and in the you know at the cost of or at the expense, I should say, of Kyle, John. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> and besides all the, the non-human lanterns that a lot of people like that may not be able to support a book, but you could but could partner up with one of the other Earth lanterns and probably could. That you and I, I kind of joked about this, but only partially uh, that you might get that you might be opening the doors to, to some backlash there, because you may have a lot of Green Lantern fans that especially that are not that are going to be just as just as unhappy. I mean, God, and and Chad always always like picks on me when I do this, but it does seem like at this moment, back in the heat days, it was the Hal fans, but now it's the Kyle fans. That God, God forbid, you can just imagine what the Kyle fan base is going to do if friggin' Jessica Cruz gets a solo book, but Kyle doesn't have one. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like it's time for the pitchforks and the torches. That you know, like I, I'm open to like different pairings. Yeah, I am too. You know, like, if they wanted to give me, like, a Kyle book with a Baz, like, I'd check that out. Um, you know, or, like, Baz and Jon Stewart. Maybe that would make Jon Stewart interesting. Um, you know, something like that. Like, Jon Stewart, like, to me, I don't think he's strong enough to carry a book right now. Um, I, I, it's like, it's almost like nobody's really gotten him to the point where he's interesting enough to carry his own book. Um, you know, I mean, like with, with Kyle, you know, Kyle's, he has supported his own book. I mean, obviously he can carry a book and Guy Guy is good depending on who his his backup, you know, his backup is. Um, and guy I mean, has guy has grown a lot too. Yeah, yeah. He, you know. he is much more he is much more capable or much more likely to be able to carry a book or at least carry a book for a while or or co-carry a book, help yeah. carry a book than he used to be back before. You know, back when he was Guy Gardner with the yellow ring, and then even after he became Warrior. 
he kind of he kind of started becoming slightly less of a dick when he was warrior, but he really didn't start really kind of being rehabilitated until Kyle's book came along, and then obviously in Rebirth and the po and the John's era kind of helped. So so Guy is definitely much more of a care a readable character and likable character now than than he was. Yeah. But I agree. But I do. I think it, it matchups are important. Like even like like you. Like I think even Guy and Baz would be interesting because they kind of did start to establish their relationship early on. Yeah, uh, I you know I I would read that. Um, you know I Guy and John I I, I like it. I, I think it's a decent um, a decent pairing when done right. Um, you know like after the New Fifty Two like that was a decent story where you had Guy Gardner with his like. Um, uh, his band of like classic actors in alien form and John Stewart, you know, like sparking his ring from nothing. Um, I, you know, like stuff like that was, was really cool. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it, it also takes a, you know, a good writer. So, you know, you give, you give a good enough writer, you know, the keys to some characters and, there's a possibility that Jon Stewart could get really interesting. But, I mean, like, it can't be, like, they, they want to just, like, keep on playing up, like, the military aspect. Yep. And, like, that's not, that's not fun. You know, like, it's like, Kyle, Kyle Rayner is, like, an artist, and, you know, like, he's always got, like, um, uh, like a rotating door of, of girlfriends, whatever, you know, and like he's the torchbearer, and you know he's got he's left the white lantern, and it's like they just keep on piling awesome stuff, and then you have Guy Gardner, who, like, I don't know, he was a cop. Um, I don't really remember all the things that he's done in this life now. He was a gym teacher, right? <sighs> or you know what? Up. He, he he was he was he was. He did. He did some coaching, but wasn't he? Wasn't he also was he? He there was some other more. Wasn't he like a te he was like a guidance counselor or some crap or he was something. He was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. He was a cop. He was a gym teacher. Like depending on which timeline you're looking at, like he has several backstories. But I mean, like you know, no matter which one you go for, like I think the most recent one is cop. Yep. I mean, and that plays well with, you know, like, it's very, it's relatable, because everybody knows who cops are. You deal with cops all the, all the time. And also, Green Lanterns are space cops. You know, so it makes sense. Jon Stewart was an architect, which is boring as shit, and he was, hey, which, it's interesting in the, um, the context of his constructs, but... The other thing is, like, you know, he was in the military. And I mean, like, uh, the, the way that they write those stories, it's just like, when they use aspects of it in stories that aren't, like, straight up, like, military, it's cool. But when it's just like, you know, okay, well, this issue, it's just going to be like, you know, he's going to have flashbacks it's just like yes that that was a that was a poor choice uh 
and I think, and who knows that may we, we again we we're not in DC's offices, so we don't know. But maybe maybe Cullen Bunn's decision to go that route, every you know, making that a key component of his have his entire storytelling in that in the Lost Army series. Maybe that had a direct impact in them deciding to pull the plug and going a different direction. But that definitely was not. It was definitely not a good approach. It was not the best approach. Uh, they way too heavy way too heavy in the in the flashbacks and as Chad pointed out it's probably unnecessary because we come we're kind of we're seeing the same events play out in the regular series besides going back in time but either way it's like we some of the stuff we know I mean we know John Stewart's a good guy we know he's we know what his military back background basically is so it just took away if you really look at the, all those flashback pages you would at least have had one full one more full issue of story you would have told in the same time frame if you just didn't have all those flashbacks. So. You know, it's it's like with the issue that they used to have with him, where like he kept on like um, basically hating himself over like the, you know the destruction of uh, Zanshi. You know, and it's like any time that you know he was up about to do something, like you know, all of a sudden he'd start doubting himself because he let Zanshi you know fall, and it's like you know he became a one note character. And since then, they have definitely, like, broadened his character a lot, you know, but, like, they still fall into those traps with him. You know, he really, he needs, he needs a writer that can spin it and, like, actually take his backstory and, like, tell interesting stories with it. I don't need to see, like, a flashback to him in the trenches you know, like, every issue that he's in to, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, oh, great. It's a flashback to, you know, him, you know, shooting an enemy or something like that. It's like, come on. Like, is, is that all he is? If all he is is a soldier, you know, then maybe he doesn't need to carry a book, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's, it is... And the contrast, that's one of the things that's so striking between Edge of Oblivion and Lost Army right now is just the fact that it was so John-centric, the, the, the Lost Army. And now, boom, we get into the first two issues of Edge of Oblivion and John's like barely even in there, you know, which I'm not really upset about. I kind of like switching the focus to like Kilowog and Guy, but I but it just kind of stands out like a sore thumb and again just kind of re, reiterates how – how, how the the second part of this arc, if you will, of their story of the storytelling has nothing to do with, with the, how, how it originally started. Yeah, uh, we can only hope. But uh, yeah. I will say, I will say this. Um, you know, if you're going to do like a military story, then like you have to, you know, it like. As far as I'm concerned, a military-based story, if all it's going to be is, like, a flashback to, like, the fear of something or, you know, just, like, the, you know, the shooting and the, the firefight or whatever, anything like that, that's all boring. Like, you really have to, like, devote the time to flesh everybody out and do the characterization. And if you're just doing flashbacks, that's you're not going to be able to you know, send that across. No, I, I do agree. Uh, and regarding the concept of, let's say, 
different pairings and depending who's doing what book. Obviously, and if Jeff Johns decided to do the powering book, then that book would have a much would have an actual real chance of surviving at least for a period of time. Uh, if Jeff Johns isn't doing that book, it's really hard to imagine that book lasting. You know, how could it? How how? Because Jessica Cruz is, I mean, if if she was like this breakout character that everybody loved, then that that would be something different. But <laughs> but she's not. So no. so the only way you really could see it working would be if if Jeff Johns took that as one of his you know his pet projects and said, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and do this, even though it doesn't seem likely based on you know what else he's got on his plate and and what you know what ranks higher you know highest. At this point, and plus, let's be honest, just looking at the two books that we, if we're only getting two books for Green Lantern, at least short term, the reality is it doesn't, it doesn't also bode well or say much for what DC thinks about the Green Lantern franchise right now. Doesn't seem like it's a high, doesn't seem like it's a high priority at all. Uh, We assume there'll be, you know, completely different creative teams. It's hard to imagine them not changing teams. Which is not because Robert Venditti's done a particular poor job or anything, but but the the book needs something anyway, and you might as well do something different. So I don't know. I we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not over, I'm not thrilled with the with only being, getting two books, combining Core and Hal into one book, and then and then of all people potentially giving it to to, to powering as opposed to giving it to you know to it's a we know. I mean, we knew Sinestro was going to come to an end at some point. This might be coming to an end quicker than it maybe originally was planned. Because at this point, it won't. Be, uh, what what issue? We, so it's not going to be. It won't make it two years. It won't make it a full two years if it ends before pre-birth. Because I forget what number we're up to now. Eighteen. You're at, you're at nineteen. Which the one that already came out or the next one? The one that already came out is nineteen. Okay. So yeah, it's still not. It's. So, still not going to make it. Probably still won't make it if, if they stop them by by the June issue, right? It won't make it. Twenty. It should be. It should make it to like twenty three. Yeah, I figured it'd be one short. Uh, so I kind of figured it had about two years in it when it started, and based on the story they were telling, essentially we kind of know, which is kind of a shame because it's an, it is kind of interesting seeing how these how like a, a, a the Green Lantern Corps. In, in a cross, obviously in a warped kind of way, but how the Green Lantern Corps itself probably start, first started becoming the Green Lantern Corps and becoming recognized as the authority and what people were looking for for help and for support and things like that, seeing it from the ground up, in a, especially in an unconventional Sinestro-like way, that that it's kind of an interesting what, thing they've been building towards. And yes, we kind of know deep down, we kind of always knew that the Green Lantern Corps would come back, which would kind of either set up a status quo where you have two police-keeping forces in the universe or eventually the Sinestro Corps is going to go away again. It's kind of going to be interesting to see how they resolve that because it certainly doesn't seem like they can resolve it by the time Rebirth comes around. You would think the Sinestro Corps still has to be around and have a semblance of the galaxy under their control. Well, I mean, technically, they could just do exactly what Edge of Oblivion does and just ignore it. Well, yeah, but Edge of Oblivion is already taking place in a different universe in a, in a time that's already technically come and gone. So there, it's easier to kind of like not have to tie that into anything that's going on, you know, in the rest of the big picture stuff yet until they come back. Uh, I don't know. This, and this, there is a chance that Sinestro could make it to 24. 
Yeah, there's um, a chance. There's always since, a chance. You know, since it's not one of the originals, it's not going to make it to 52. You know, so they may give it an extra issue just to, you know, end on the two-year mark. True. Plus, depending on what else they have coming out, they might need. They might literally need some issues to come out yeah. on a certain week, and it makes sense if. And I, I certainly hope at least <laughs> under this scenario that at least more or less Bun kind of knew what was going to happen with this book. You know, whether it was because it was already decided upon ahead of time that this book is going two years and that's it, or even they first had the idea of doing something like pre-birth, at least they gave him kind of like the heads up this time as opposed to shafting him once again. That was kind of yeah. the – and I, I kind of doubt they would do that this time because clearly so much of what's been going on in all the Lantern books has been tied to basically what's been going on with, with in the Sinestro Corps and the Sinestro book in the absence of the Green Lantern Corps. So, that, I mean, part, you would think they would have brought the Green they, – they probably would have never taken the Green Lantern Corps off the table if they weren't – if they didn't want to do what, what was going to happen in the Sinestro book. So You would hope. You would hope. That, that was probably the key plan to getting them to go away to begin with because of what they wanted to do with Sinestro. So it, it wouldn't make any sense for them, for them to cut, cut them off at the knees like that, but – but we'll know soon enough. Uh, um, yeah, the last thing that we were going to talk about was the uh, sideshow premium format figure. Yeah, that that uh, but the the six six scale Hal Jordan figure. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I, I want to go back to it yeah 220 dollars now yeah i think i'm pretty sure that i i have seen this thing um i have a couple of issues with it but what are your issues i'm not a fan of the uniform uh even though i think it's supposed to try to go i guess be more like the original uniform like maybe the like almost similar to his first appearance uniform that kind of way i think that's what it's kind of trying to harken back to uh he's a little thin for me i don't like the hal sculpt the head sculpt even though again if it's supposed to be a very very young hal jordan then i guess i guess it could work uh i like the boots i would have to say the boots are my favorite part of the looking at all these pictures the, the, the boots are the favorite part but I don't, I don't know, even the, the articulation, just something about the way he moves, I just, it's certainly a, certainly a, doesn't, even the head sculpt doesn't look, quite look as, what would make sense, that their premium figure, the one that sells for like 400 bucks is a lot, it's going to be probably more detailed and more how-like. I can, I can see it's a, I don't know, there's something about the head and some, some of these poses that look like, looks like Hal, and there's other times that it, it doesn't. Uh, but those are my those were my initial thoughts. What, what were your thoughts? Um, well, I like uh, I like the base. Yes, base is nice. Uh, the boots are definitely you know they did a, definitely did a cool job on those. Um, and the uh, the battery, his battery is cool. And actually, yeah, the ring on his on his finger, um, that's pretty neat too. The light, the just the normal hand or the light up one? Oh, I didn't. Uh, Oh, you mean the glowing one? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm talking more so just the ring on his hand. Yes, the normal ring looks cool. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm just looking at the uh, the right fist that powers up. Yep. Yeah, that's that's cool too. Um, yeah, the accessories, nice, very nice. 
the costume um the costume choice I don't have an issue with I think it looks more um more rebirth to me it could be but um, the texture you could be right the texture is the thing that kills me though like it looks like oh, it actually is like little green lantern symbols that's kind of interesting but I still don't like it it's it's it looks like you know like plasticky yeah, I agree. You know, like a like a cheap vinyl kind of thing. Um, the symbol it looks very plain. And then yeah, like the the bottom line though is yeah that head sculpt. The head sculpt is what kills it. We are in a you know we were in an age where like you can sculpt this thing to look like anything. You know, and when you have all like the hot toys coming out, where you know, the faces, the heads look exactly like the celebrity. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that I need this to look like Ryan Reynolds because like that ship has sailed. <laughs> that ship has sailed. <laughs> but, you know, like either make it look like an artist's rendition because there's a ton of action figures that are based off of, you know, different artists, you know, specific artist styles, and they nail it, like, so good. This doesn't look like anything. This doesn't look like the comics. This is just, like, some dude coming up with a random Hal Jordan head that you've never seen before. Um, yeah, like, it's just, for, for the money, there's just, there's no way. Um, I'll tell you, like, in, what is it, five years now that we have to wait to get to the Green Lantern movie? Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Um, or may, maybe maybe less with uh, the Justice League movie. Um, I'm sure that they'll have a Hot Toys Hal Jordan, assuming that Hal Jordan is the one in the movie. Um, you know, like, that's something that I would consider... You know, depending on how the figure, you know, comes out and the likeness is good. If I actually care about the character at all. Um, But, I mean, to pay $220 for, like, you know, generic Green Lantern that really is not that impressive. I I, I don't understand it. I've been very – as the last few years have gone by, I've I've been much more selective. And the, and the Green Lantern stuff I've been buying, which, which I guess is, no pun intended, speaks to my willpower since we've obviously gotten a lot less choices <laughs> over the last few years. Our heyday of merchandise is certainly we're far removed from that at this point. But there have been a bunch of Hal Jordan figures that have come out, and maybe part of it's also being spoiled spoiled a little because there have been, even in the you know post Blackest Night, you know the the downward spiral of the Green Lantern franchise that there's still been a decent amount of Green Lantern toys, most of which have been related to, most of which have been Hal and I haven't gotten many uh, and I don't feel the need, maybe because we had that golden age that maybe I don't feel the need to, oh, because it's such a rarity to find a Green Lantern toy, let alone a Hal toy, because we all know Hal was a dirty word for like, you know, the, pretty much the entire 90s 
that once in a while they throw you a bone for merchandising because they knew people would buy, eat it up like candy, but but it still was far and few between where you, when you were going to get a lot of Hal Jordan uh, merchandise or action figures at that time. Yeah. But now, you know, going, going through, you know, Rebirth and Blackest Night and all that stuff, that there have been so much, that now, you know, the bright side is to me, I think I've been a lot, I've been a lot more selective. Like that bust we looked at, like about three weeks ago or whatever, the one that just, I think that's out in the new previews, that it's gotta, it's gotta be, it's gotta be clearly impressive to, to draw me in at this point. I have, I have a lot of Hal stuff. I, it doesn't mean I won't buy it. If, if it, you know, if it grabs me, I'll probably get it. If this, and I kind of mentioned this to you earlier. It's like I, if they did a, if they did a, an awesome parallax statue, a parallax yeah. figure, whether it was like this or whether it was like the higher end one from Sideshow, like the four hundred dollar one. If they did one that was really, really with a great sculpt, they get you know the parallax costume and cape. Absolutely, absolutely perfect. You know, like they have the like, you know, the multiple hands with like some energy coming out of his hands, and even diff, even like different head sculpts. Not with the stupid, the teeth. Don't give me the goddamn teeth. I don't want. Oh this. God. I don't. I want this to be like Emerald Twilight Zero Hour Parallax. None of this friggin' parasitic teeth thing. That's the that's the one thing about the rant time momentarily. The one thing about the Jeff Johns retcon that I fucking hate because we get it all the time now. Whenever pa- when someone becomes parallax, those stupid teeth. They even ruined yeah. it on that in the on the what call it the uh, the figures, the uh, the little por- the porcelain chest like figures. The ones they oh yeah, yeah, yeah those uh, the, eagle moss. Yes, the eagle moss figure. I hate that they ruined that. It's not even the the horrible parallax. I wish you didn't get it. But yeah, give us give me a good figure like that at Parallax and like I would I would I would definitely buy that number one because it's something you don't find that often you don't I mean you think about uh, as big a factor as Parallax has been I mean we really haven't had many Parallax figures or toys really <laughs> not Hal Parallax I mean we, in general we haven't really had that that many um, I mean we, we had the I, Total Justice yeah which, is a, which was it. a great sculpt a great sculpt no yeah. articulation really but an gr- absolute great sculpt and then the DC Direct. The DC Direct, and which was also a great sculpt. Yes, uh, and that's for the most part. That's it. Yeah, when they did those DC like Infinity figures or whatever, or in, in, in uh, whatever they called them, the Crisis figures, the the ones that were like three inch figures. Yeah, the Infinite Crisis. Yeah, the Infinite. They did. They did, they did Kyle as Parallax in that box set, which I so wish I got, but I don't know if they ever did a Hal one. But, I don't think so. I, I don't think, think so either. Kyle. Yeah, but yeah, but there's been so they've been very so. Even a parallax, you know, even a statue would have been cool. Like I always said, I always thought that would have been a cool idea to have like a. They could have done all three, either having been connecting statues or just like a statue where one is kept getting bigger behind the other, having Hal as Green Lantern, Hal as Parallax, Hal as the Spectre. They could yeah, have boom, boom, boom. That would have been aw- They could have. They could have. They could. Or once we found out. You know, obviously, what was going on inside of Hal? You could have had maybe Hal as Green Lantern, almost like standing between them, like almost like trying to separate them, kind of like having having this Hal as Parallax and Hal as the Spectre kind of fighting. There are lots of things, but yeah, something like that, I'd I'd be all in for. I I like Parallax, I like the Spectre, Hal as the Spectre, and those are things you don't have much of. They didn't, they've never really did much, toy wise or figure wise or merchandising wise. But Hal is Hal. It's got to be something special at this point for me to really go out. I mean, I'd, I'd rather get, I'd rather friggin' have a 
Kyle White, you know, a, a White Lantern Kyle or a different color this, that, that we've never had before than just another Green Lantern Hal, you know? Yeah. So, but. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, and I, I would consider it if it wasn't like a cheap vinyl looking yeah. costume, you know? Yeah, there's, so, there's something about the, there's something about the figure that, yeah, it just doesn't ring true. And I think that's what it comes down to. Even though, yes, for, for you know, for Sideshow Toys, even though, yes, it's not the higher-end Sideshow Toy, but you compare that, like, let's say to the Vision that they have out there. Because they have, a, they have a, uh, a statue, I mean, a figure of the Vision, which is in the same price range, and I think, the, from the movie. And I think that's a better sculpt. I think that's a much more... I think it's a much cooler design, and again, I was going to say off the top of my head, I was going to say, and the vision is something that you don't find that much of, but the reality is we've had a decent amount of vision stuff, not just from the movie, but even before that. There have been quite a few, actually, Marvel figures for the vision, including bobbleheads and Funkos and things like that. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the vision is actually really, over the last like five, six years or so, there's been a, I think he's been picking up in popularity as far as merchandising. But just the sculpt, he looks very, you know, the Paul Bettany likeness, and from the movie, yeah, that, that I'd be much more. If I was gonna, have, if I had two hundred nineteen dollars to spend, and I could only get one of the two figures, I would get the Vision, compared to this, just because. So. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I agree. I think that's it, right? I think so. We had a real. This was a really. This was a really good episode, especially especially if Chad keep keeps in like the first thirty minutes we were talking at some point. Yeah, but please, just gotta edit out all that racist stuff. <laughs> I don't know what got into you, Mark. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're no good, fogging sneaky bastard. Uh, close us out. I assume you have nothing to push right now that you or you'd like to. Where is that? Um, oh, well, the Sliders cast still exists. Um, should have a new episode coming out. Relatively soon. That's cool. about it. <laughs> well, still momentarily on, on hiatus, but about to come off. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we put up a new episode like uh, uh, two or three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, so, uh, you're, so you're rolling again. Now let's get yeah, back yeah. into the new year. Yeah, we're getting there. So, people, if you'd like to contact us, uh, the email, lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Visit our website, lanterncast.com. I know, that's a shocker, right? Uh, you can access uh, our old episodes there. You can see our blogs, our Ring Cyclopedia episodes, which are, i got to get another one posted there soon. Uh, Dark Star reviews, movie reviews, which I think we'll be getting more back into too, especially as we're getting into that time of year. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, use hashtag GLCast to locate us on any of those. We're on iTunes and Stitcher, so leave us positive reviews on whichever format or, pl- or platform, I should say, that you listen to us on. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we'd really like a voicemail for this show in particular because I don't think we've had one yet. I mean, we Please. get we do we we do get mentioned. I mean, sometimes it's just to be fair, we do get mentioned in sometimes in some of the email regarding you know our show, you and I. But it's more just it's nothing specific really, as in about. An, an, ep- an episode or a question, so that's the main reason we haven't really discussed it on on the show. But people do, but people do give us a thumbs up. So, but have you? Great job, Lantern Cast. Yes. <laughs> also, I've noticed that Prebirth is a show. Yeah. yeah. 
Sincerely, Jesse. <laughs> Uh, that would that would be at the end of like the really long email because it's Jesse, and we appreciate that. But that's what it would be. Oh, by Come the on, way, Jesse, Jesse, show us some love. That's right. That's right, Jesse. That's your task. We 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 want a we want an email we can read read by the next episode on free birth, and it can be about either this episode or just the show in general up to this point. Give us something. Or it could be about the Lantern cast, and you just want our thoughts on it. And not Chad's. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But the voicemail, 708-Lantern, 708-Lantern, and let us know what you think. Sounds good. Sounds good. So we'll – Jim and I will probably be back it's this February. I would say probably realistically, probably sometime by April, we'll probably get, we'll probably get the next one in the hopper. So whether, whether it's – we're going to pick up right away on these next three issues, or maybe we'll pick something else that Hal and the Spectre showed up in, because we we still have other options to do that that Jim and I have talked about, too. So we'll come up with something good either way. Sounds good. All right. Good night, everybody. Quarters in session, no appeal on the docket today, just my home sin. The walls cold and pale, the cage made of steel. Screams fill the room, I drop and deal. Silence now, the sound, my breath, the only motion. Yeah, so I'm, I was listening to, uh, your recent the January book reviews. Yes. And and after that I'm like, okay, I'm like I have to I have to sc- at least scan through Sinestro. So I wanted to see that uh recruitment page. Oh the same oh which fall with all the rings shooting out? Yeah. My god. Oh my god. Gold manhunters? Yep. He's stealing uh-huh. he's stealing everybody's shit. <laughs> okay. Dead man, Hedrigan, Black Manta, yeah. Um, yeah, that's got to be the Floronic Man. Yeah, I think so too. As soon as once Chad said it, and I thought about it, it made perfect sense. The other one, the green hair makes me think Creeper, but. He's got a cape. The creeper had a cape. Did he? I, I believe... thought he had the he had the shawl. Oh, you might be right, but in my mind, it's like kind of viewed it as a cape. But then again, it's been so long since I my 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 uh, memories of the creeper go way 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 back, like when they first started giving him like his his series that lasted like three issues or something, like in the like in the seventies or early eighties, because I actually had that. Uh, what about what about the one on the uh, the one we couldn't figure out was the one on the cover, right? Behind Sinestro? Oh, yeah, that's definitely Red Hood. It's supposed to be, right? So we were right... Yeah. yeah. They, he it just is. wasn't included in the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From what I can see, anyway. Oh, my God. Ugh. St. Walker. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say St. Walker. I know. It's so depressing. Oh, my God. St. 
Saint Walker has really taken taken it up to Keister the most in in the post I think in the post John's run of all the of all the major characters I think he's the one who's really gotten the sh- <laughs> appropriately based on what I just said the shitty end of the stick yeah yeah um, wiping out his whole core wasn't bad enough but then making him sad sack Saint Walker and now making him be uh, Sinestro's lap dog even though again until we until we actually get to talk to see him talk to somebody else we don't really know how brainwashed. 100% he is. Um. I mean, like, I could I could see it happening. I could see you, like, being able to convince St. Walker, you know, of the positive um, capabilities of fear that would need um, amplifying. Right. But to do it through brainwashing and to brand him is like ridiculous. The only thing the br- the only the only thing the branding might do is because in Cor- and actually Corbin left a pretty good voicemail that we'll pro- that we'll get into uh, for the next time Chad and I record because he's talk he talks about that issue about because how Chad raises the point about being about brainwashing or not. He kind of, basically, Corbin kind of splits the difference. He agrees with he agrees with me about the 200% mostly pretty much being the cap of what we've seen the rings go up to for the most part, but then he agrees with Chad that he's more brainwashed. But the one, but, and Corbin's voicemail is good, but the one thing he fails, the one thing he fails to, to, to mention is it's not, we, we know blues can amp up greens, we know blues can amp up indigo, so we logically, and we've discussed before, if we think that, Logically, they should be able to amp up at least sapphires because they're all on the same side of the spectrum. And whether they can, hit, whether the blues can amp up everybody, you know, is has not been established yet. But the the real problem with amping up the yellows or the reds or anybody right now, and this is what Saint Walker even discusses with Sinestro in that in that issue like three or four months ago when Sinestro is doing the hard sell on him to, for Sinestro to for Saint Walker to come to his side, mm-hmm. is the fact that. St. Walker pretty much makes it clear. It's not necessarily that I'm not willing to help you at this point. It's the fact that I can't because my ring doesn't work unless it's with a green. So that could be why he's branded because obviously what Sinestro has been able to do is is have uh, St. Walker's ring be able to function at, at more of its, high, its full capacity now being powered off a different power source than just green because – that was that was the biggest stumbling block for St. Walker in, oh. in theory on the surface. It said, "Well, it's like I'd like to help you, but you know, I but I can't, but I can't do it because because there aren't there aren't any green lanterns around like to to, to to give me the to give me the ability even if I wanted to, you know, help you and amp up your core, I can't because I'm I'm not around any greens. So the fact that he's able to amp up, it's like a twofold thing in that issue. He's able to amp their rings up, but it isn't just because St. Walker's on board with it. Obviously." Now that whatever they've done, you know, dice, you know, breaking St. Walker and or his ring down and putting it back together again, St. Walker obviously can now function off the yellow power to unlock his higher capacity, which then enable him to power up the yellows much like this. You know know what I mean? The same way the greens worked. Yeah. I just realized something. What? I don't think he's branded. You just think it's something he's wearing? I think that it's a Sinestro Corps member who's basically overriding the ring and his brain. And I think that blue blood is not blood, but just drool because St. Walker is just not in charge. 
Hmm. See, I don't have that splash. Actually, hold on. I turned my phone off. Because uh, gonna... <laughs> Chad had sent me that picture before the issue came out. So now that I actually have a smartphone, I can actually look at pictures. But uh, but yeah, I don't have I don't have that issue in front of me. But I'll have to go back and and have to go back and look at that. But well, obviously with that we're gonna find out soon enough because once probably once the pale vicar storyline ends, that we'll probably we'll probably gonna get a little more of a inkling about what's going on with Saint Walker too because that's when t- at least temporarily uh, Sora is gonna be in charge of the core because something's gonna ha- happen with Sinestro. So you would assume there'll be more interaction between Sora and Saint Walker and Arkillo and things like that. So I guess we'll have we'll probably have more of an idea of how 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 in control he is. You know, he may have volunteered to go through the process to try to, you know, learn more about his ring to untap its potential. But so he may have volunteered, but now he may be not 100% be in charge, or maybe very little in charge. But we don't quite know yet. But you could be right. But it's still uh, sad, regardless. It's all screwed up. Yeah. But you like, have they um, have they gone into the power source of the Pale Vickers yet? No, I don't think that. I don't think they've given any real explanation for how for how that works. So if we're so if we're gonna get one, obviously it's got to be uh, it's got to be next issue. It's got to be because that's gonna that's gonna be the end of the the story arc, I believe. So and hopefully, like we said, hopefully we'll find out exactly who uh, which friggin' guardian he is. Right. Not some just generic peon. Because that would yeah, be. Well, that's, he's... He's got to be somebody. Yeah, he's got to be somebody. But I mean, so hopefully something we know. I should say, somebody whose name is going to mean something. Yeah, yeah. I, what What would you think the energy is? Hmm. See, it makes you wonder now, especially now now that we know that there's a guardian behind, you know, the pseudo core or the anti-emotion core. Then it makes you wonder. Uh, I don't know. It's probably going to be something. I mean, it's probably not that difficult. If we get an explanation, it'll probably make sense, and we go, "Yeah, I should have thought of that." But off the top of my head, I'm not sure uh, exactly what it would what it would be. And the only the, the the whole idea is that it basically renders you emotionless, or they're sucking the emotion out of you. I think they suck the emotion out of you. And they kind of leave you like almost pretty much brain dead because that's what ha- happened to uh, what's his face there, the uh, Sudarian guy, who I always forget his name. So, so it's almost like an an anti white light. Kinda, kinda, cause yeah, yeah, cause it's, yeah, it's it's somewhere between yeah, it's somewhere between the op yeah between like bl- it's like taking black and it moves it a little bit. Like to the left or the right of that, because it doesn't kill you, but it just leaves you essentially dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're still breathing, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's like it's like the inverse of white instead of the opposite of white. It's just the inverse. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Cool. Anyway. 